What do you long for? What do you long for? What does your soul ache for? Every year around this time, a buddy of mine from college, Chris, shares a picture of the USS flag. You know what the USS flag was? It was the toy in 1986. It was the G.I. Joe aircraft carrier. And it was the biggest thing I wanted ever. And they only sold it for a year. And because it was like six feet long, and who knows how much money, I never received it. And neither did Chris. And so every year he posts a meme that says, today is the 38th anniversary of me not getting the thing I wanted for Christmas. <laughs> oh, it was the it toy. I laid my eyes on it once and it was everything I thought it would be. It was so cool. Did you get what you wanted for Christmas? Yes? I love it. I love it. The, the things we want for Christmas... And perhaps maybe the things we didn't get when we were children. I hope that, that that isn't what you long for, though. Right? That's a deeper question. For what does your soul ache? What do you long for? In so many ways, that's the story of Simeon and Anna today. Their soul longed for the redemption that God promised. And by God's grace, they saw it in the babe born in Bethlehem, who today makes his way to Jerusalem. I know this will shock you and surprise you, but my house, especially when my kids are off break, is really loud sometimes. <laughs> There's always noise. If it's not us talking or fighting or arguing or playing or joking or laughing, it's screens everywhere, noise everywhere, and all these things. And it, it, it's overwhelming from time to time, and from time to time I mean most of the time. But, but there's also another reality in my house, and I'm guessing it's true in your house too, is that there's always a constant hum Right? And perhaps the time we notice its absence the most is when the power goes out. You have that sense, right? That when the power goes out, you can... It is silent without the hum of the refrigerator or the whirl of the HVAC unit or the, 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 the noise of all the little electrical parts and the little motors that, that, that make life what it is in our homes. And if I'm honest with you, sometimes, oftentimes, it's, it's the noise that, that the Ness family makes that overwhelms me. But, but there are other times when it, it's, it's that hum in the background that, that sometimes I'm unaware of, and then something clicks and I become aware of it, and it, 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 it suffocates me. Do, do you have that feeling ever? That, that, that there's this constant drone in the background that sometimes we're oblivious to, and sometimes it, it, it comes to the front of our mind, and it, 
well, it's overwhelming. This, I think, is a little bit of what it means to have a longing. It's a constant. But sometimes we're unaware of it. Sometimes we're oblivious to it, and sometimes it comes to the front of our mind, and it's front and center, and it's the only thing that we're aware of. What do you long for? What does your soul ache for? Those are questions that lead to things like, I long for purpose, for meaning, significance. I long for healing. For relationships to be restored and deepened, or or new relationships to develop. A longing for for love, real love, deep love, that lasts. What what do you long for? What's that thing that is humming in the background of your life? Peace. Hope. What do you long for? That's the story of Simeon. It says in in a variety of ways in in today's scripture that that Simeon was was faithful, that he was devout, that he he, he was one who had good standing with the Lord. The the Holy Spirit came upon him, and and part of what, what he wanted, of who he was, was a longing That God would fulfill the promises that God had announced long ago. The consolation of Israel, the, the comforting of Israel, that, that Israel would be comforted, right? That they were an occupied people. That the constant drone in Israel's life in this day was one of oppression and challenge. Th- things weren't as they wanted. And Simeon longed for God to show up and do his thing. Isn't that a great word for December 31st, 2023? I mean, for so many of us, that's the world we live we're not oppressed in the same way, but, but there is a constant drone and a constant hum in the background that, that, that things aren't as they ought to be, right? And it doesn't matter your political persuasion. Nobody's happy, right? There are wars going on. There's destruction going on. All that stuff out there, that, that stuff is real. That stuff is heavy, and we long for it to be better, but man, even, even taking that all stuff aside, I, how many of us know peace? Peace, true, real peace. Man, my life is great in, in so many ways. But I wake up in the morning and I am anxious. I'm overwhelmed. Life is heavy, and I know I'm not the only one. There is this hum that that surrounds all of us 
internally that, that, that there's got to be more. Right? I mean, as, as beautiful and as holy and, and powerful every year as we turn off the lights and as we light candles and we sing Silent Night and we sing about peace on earth. Where does it go so quickly? That peace, it lasts for but a moment. Simeon longed for all that God had promised. And so do we. So do we. I I love the story of Simeon, and I I think that he teaches us so much. He, He shows us that, he shows us what discipleship looks like. He's obedient, he's faithful, he's devout. And it says that the Spirit was upon him, and, and I love this, that, that there's something about the fact that, that the Spirit was upon him, and, and the Spirit said, hey, go, go to the temple. And Simeon said, okay. And he showed up. And that there's something profound about his obedience to, to, to be tuned into the Lord and to do what the Lord told him to do, and... and And in his obedience, you know what he experienced? The fulfillment of the promise that was given to him. But the promise, as as Ms. Meredith shared, as we all know, we are awful promise keepers. The Lord, oh, thank God, he is faithful to his promises. He, He is a promise keeper. And the beauty of Simeon is that he was faithful and he was obedient. He followed where the Lord led him. And in so doing, he beheld the promise fulfilled when Jesus was laid in his arms. Isn't that beautiful? Like, like Jesus and his coming and all that Jesus does, like th- that was never in question. J- Jesus, we, we know from, from long ago, was the one. He is Emmanuel. He is the one we've been praying for. And, and he showed up and he's going to do everything. But can, can we look at Simeon and say, Simeon in his faithfulness, he wasn't big enough or strong enough that if he didn't show up, God, God well, Jesus isn't the one anymore. No. Jesus always was the one. But was the faithful obedience of Simeon who showed up that he got to experience that. That's profound, isn't it? There's something beautiful about that. There's something powerful about obedience. Your obedience doesn't change God's work. Your obedience allows you to experience God's work. Amen? Do do you see the difference? God's going to do what God's going to do, whether you're obedient or not. He doesn't need you. He's God. But your obedience to him allows you to hold it in your own hands. That's profound. That's powerful. 
That's discipleship. That's discipleship. Discipleship is about knowing God. I remember um, it was uh, my final days in seminary. A couple, you know, a week or two before graduation, and, and our dean of the seminary uh, allowed any of the students to come and just kind of have an, a, a closing, a, an exit interview with them. I was one of the few that said, yeah, I'd love to do that, just to, to talk. I, I appreciated my dean. He was a brilliant guy and, and faithful. And, and I went to him, and, and the thing that was on my heart was that, that seminary, it was a great experience for me, but the full focus of seminary was to teach me about God. Newsflash, right? That's not too shocking. <laughs> uh, what were you expecting, right? Right? But I went to him and I, and I expressed my, my gratitude that I know a lot more about God now. But I confessed to him, I don't know if I know God more. See, there's a difference between knowing about God and knowing God. Right? I had a call uh, a week and a half ago from a, a pastor, and he was trying to come into the NALC, and as part of the dean of our area, they, they call me and we have a conversation. And, and it was clear that he had done his homework, and he had uh, you know, looked on our website, and he'd probably listened to a sermon or something like that and seen some of the things I'd done. And, and he, he researched me, which was, you know, oh, okay, wow, that's cool. You did your, your homework. But, but he, he knew about me, but he didn't know me. It was a good conversation, but because he knew about me, he was less invested in getting to know me. Let me put it a different way. Those who know me well know that I like fancy pens. I, I use fountain pens most of the time. I get ink all over myself and all those things. It's fun. But some days, like this morning... My ink and my pens was out, and I was writing some notes and needed to do some things, and I didn't have time to put new ink in, and so I, I grabbed my, my, my favorite non-fancy pen, which I really don't like. I brought it here with me. I don't like it because a year ago, the Bulldogs broke my heart, and this pen was a gift given to me by, by, by my beloved staff who loves me and taunts me. And we laugh together and we have fun. I don't like the bulldogs. At all. But I love them. Because I love my staff. And I can stand before you and tell you that this is my favorite non-fancy pen. Not because I love the bulldogs. But because I know the people who gave it to me. And I love them. That, that's what God is inviting us into. He doesn't, he doesn't want you to know about him. He wants you to know him. It changes things. When you know him. Simeon knew him. Anna knew the Lord. Their faithfulness was powerful. And, and the beauty of it is, is as, as Simeon held the baby Jesus in his arms, 
He, he, said, he, he said what has become a, a, an important song in the life of the church. He said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. You are letting me depart in peace. You know what that means, right? I mean, we know what peace is, right? It's a fullness. It's not just absence of war, absence of conflict. It's a fullness of living completely in sync with the Lord. Simeon, as he beheld Jesus, he didn't say, Oh, everything in the world is finally at peace now. Everything is good. That isn't the peace that Simeon encountered. Just by him holding Jesus, the conflict between Rome and Israel wasn't evaporated. No, in beholding Jesus, Simeon was declaring everything, everything is before us. The fullness of who God is is revealed. It's a matter of perspective. In that moment, Jesus showed Simeon what mattered, right? That you have prepared in the presence of all your peoples this salvation, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. A light so that you can see the right perspective and the glory of God, the weight of what God is doing through this one, set everything else behind. It silenced the hum. Right? That's what happens when the power goes out, isn't it? The hums stop. The candles come out. And at least in our house, that's when we play board games. Some of the best moments for my family growing up and even still now are when the power goes out. Because everything is put in the proper perspective. This is what Jesus does. He does it regardless that, that's his promise. That's, that's who God is. He, he's coming to save the world. The question of discipleship is, are you obedient enough to hold it yourself? This is what we long for. This is Christmas. Emmanuel. God with us. In the name of Christ. Amen.